more podcasts we're even we're doing two for two we're back again word back to the feature yeah back to the feature and this time we're gonna actually have a proper introduction for back to the feature fuck yeah yeah uh i gotta tell i gotta tell matt we're doing back to the future oh yeah just because i don't know if back to the future has a song but i feel like some pimped out version that would be dope i mean it does kind of have a recognizable score it does, right? But why can't I think of any yeah. of it? Oh, I do know that Yeah, one. you see? Yeah. Ah. Alan, Silve- Alan Silvestri, who would go on to... Oh, my boy. There you go, Avengers. My fucking boy. Which you can kind of hear, like... Yeah, it's the same song. You can mix it. Back to the Avengers. That's the Back to the Future movie. It's like the Avengers are actually in the background. I mean, Avengers 4 is supposed to cover time travel, so... Look at that. Look at that. I'm just saying. Look at Alan. It's probably Alan inspired. Alan was like, well, you know... Is that his suggestion? I wanted a movie where time travel solved everything. So, <laughs> exactly. So, I think what you should do. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of The Nerdy Bunch Presents Back to the Feature, where we talk about movies in the past and the present. Today we're talking about 1982's The Thing, directed by John Carpenter, based on a book by John W. Campbell Jr., titled Who Goes There? The synopsis is as follows. A research team in Antarctica is haunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. This stars Kurt Russell and Keith David. Did you recognize Keith David looking very, very young, Raven? Is that the black guy that's always shysty in every movie? Yeah, and he does. The, he, he has that voice. It's funny though because I actually wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> like that's something that I'm bringing up later. When I was like, when I was thinking of the actors, I was like, that's pre shysty <laughs> Like before he started getting, before he got known as the shady guy that's in every movie. Like every time you see him, he's the shady black dude. Even if he's in an all black movie, he's the shady black yeah. guy. Like it doesn't make any sense. But I was like, the whole movie, I was watching the thing, thinking to myself, when's that moment? He's going to betray you all. You can't trust him. He's definitely the alien. Like, (laughs) like, he got typecasted after. The black guys didn't die first. And one of them doesn't die at all. Crazy. Which is crazy. So innovative. Right? So so great. And that's why we're talking about it. And that voice you can hear, other than mine, is Raven. I didn't introduce you, Raven. But whatever. That's how excited we are to get into this. Yes, for those of you who need a reminder, or if this is your first time listening to this podcast, shame on you. But it's okay. It's only our second episode. This is a new podcast that we have created. Mad late, bro. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Go back and listen to our last one. We did Halloween, the original 1978 movie. And this time, we, we basically, the concept of this podcast, Back to the Future, is that we look at older movies, 20 years or older. So it can't be any younger than, tw- it can't be younger than 20 years. And uh, can't for- be younger than us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it can't be younger than us. Um, some of these movies, many of these movies, I will be revisiting. 
and many of these movies are Raven's first time seeing. So that's what makes this very interesting. Even though the last two movies are movies that uh, it was actually the last movie was the other way around. I hadn't seen. I found out, yeah. and you had seen it. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first, which is why it was our first episode. Exactly. Segue. This one is something that we've both seen, but we were revisiting. Hopefully, you guys have all seen this movie because this will be full of spoilers in depth on a movie that is over 30 years old. So, yeah, so uh, come on. Come on, son. Come on, son. <laughs> we gave you time. We gave you time. Also, Paris has been asking, she's like, you guys are doing back to the feature podcast, but when you're doing back to the future, and for those of you listening, you hold your horses, all right? We are doing Back to the Future, just not yet. Well, it's Halloween month. Yes, exactly. So we're going with scary movies this month because it's October. Exactly. We're going to launch it with our, our October horror movies because I know you're wondering. We are going to do Back to the Future. You just got to stay tuned. Yeah, you got to wait. We do it. You got to wait. You got to tease it. Be patient. We have to, we have to build to it. You can't just yeah. blow, blow Maybe we won't do it till Christmas. Maybe we'll do it after Christmas. Maybe we'll do it next year. For our anniversary episode. Exactly. It might be our 100th episode, huh? 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 <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Those of you, if you're still sticking around, means you have watched The Thing. Thank you guys for sticking around. It also means that you probably like The Thing. So straight up, Raven, revisiting this movie. Actually, let's start from the beginning. This movie, has it had Take any... Take it back. Take it way, way back, way back, way back. I don't know, this movie, our first question is usually, has this movie had any kind of impact on your life, minimal or big? Have you watched it before? When was the first time you watched it? Do you have family connections? How does this movie, if any, any way, connect to you, Raven? I actually saw this movie for the first time with you, Dave. I know, um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> first time I saw this movie was probably, I guess, in 2011, right before the remake no before the prequel yes came out which was the 2011 version uh we knew that it was coming out in theaters so i rushed to see the original so i could understand the prequel even though technically i could have just watched the other movie second because it's a prequel mm. either way it was pretty cool um but i i saw it yeah when i was in my 20s you know so no i don't even know how old i was either way as decently you know i was i was a young adult and uh, I didn't, but I didn't grow up watching the movie. Is what I'm meaning to say is that I didn't grow up with that movie in my house or anything like that. So me seeing it when it was already at least 30 years old at that point um, was was really cool. I expected to not like it. Just seeing the pictures and the images alone, I thought it was gonna be corny. But I realized it's the good kind of corny. You know, it was one of the original cornies, but it wasn't corny yet. Like they didn't add any ridiculous comedy to it the only real comedic points were between the actors in you know regular banter that was kind of the comic relief and it still stands up and I, I really liked their method of filmmaking and their approach to it and how they went with practical effects and how um the I like the cinematography too you know the way in which they showed certain transformations if done at any other camera angle would have been a very different effect um, the music I thought was really good. I just thought, yeah, the acting. I like the directing style. And I really just like the, I guess, overall kind of relationship established between all of the guys at the station. Oh. I thought they had a good, you know, banter dialogue going. And I felt like everything that happened within the story, as crazy as alien shapeshifter can oh. be, I thought it was a pretty grounded film. 
you know, other than the really crazy VFX. It's it's a movie I got into also later in my life. Um, when I introduced it to you, I had seen it before, but it wasn't a movie I grew up with either. It's a movie that I watched later um, thinking the same thing. Like, this could be kind of corny. You know, when you look at older movies, some movies, you know, some things don't stand the test of time and they were good at its time and they you give them credit for what the doors they opened for other movies, better movies. You know, like sometimes you get a movie that was mm-hmm. like, eh, the movie sucked, but it opened doors to better movies to happen. And, exactly. And But this is a movie that is actually still good. My wife watched it for the first time as well the other day and she really enjoyed it. She liked it a lot. She, was, she couldn't stop talking about it because I think it's one of those horror movies that doesn't, lean on the horror aspects because it's about the relationships and exactly. the, the mistrust and and we'll go into this later it, it, it's it, it's a very timely movie again once again john Carpenter brings a timely film with with halloween he talks about you know the era at the time where people felt very safe and he had to remind people that hey you know these things can happen when murderers were happening and serial killers are happening in real life he's reflecting mm-hmm. that and and this movie it's, there's, I mean, this movie has many metaphors, but one of them you could say is about the fear of trust and trust, mistrust at the time where the, America was going through the Red Scare and scared a communist mm-hmm. and who do you trust? Anyone, my neighbor could be the bad guy. Yep. Told through this. And then also the uh, AIDS crisis. Yeah, and the AIDS crisis HIV. as well. I might catch what you have. Around. Yeah, so the thought of being able to catch something that you know, you're not sure of how to prevent yes. and there's no cure for was a big mm. thing huge part of it so like um the oldest kind of thing i think uh, uh, kind of built up to a movie that if any one of these things like you said the visual effects the directing the cinematography the acting if any one of these things was off this movie it would have been so corny corny ass <laughs> film <laughs> it would have been so terrible even though you know the music the shift anything if it would have been the slightest slightest nudge because it's on the brink yes yes it's <laughs> all it really is all on the on the bridge of like just toppling over into just ridiculousness but, exactly. But they did a good job of this. Let's talk about this film itself. What did you think of the story itself as a whole? The story itself, I think they kept it simple and complex enough. I like that they didn't fully explain the origin of the alien, and I like that they did the whole film from the perspective of the uh, men at the station. Yeah, I like that As too. opposed to, you know, even the scientist angle, I'm glad that we didn't spend a lot of time being told, oh, the bug, the alien comes from here. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah, time, yeah. you know, it had to run from its original planet. And, you know, like, yeah. I feel like a lot of, a lot of movies would over-explain mm something like that and that's what ends up making it corny because then you start to think to yourself well if this then that you know and it starts you start creating issues with it or you start having problems or finding loopholes because they try so hard to explain it's funny you say that one of my favorite lines one of the things tries to absorb the dog someone says how does it look like a dog and then um kurt russell and i think this is like an explanation from the whole film for the whole film kurt russell says i don't know it's different than us it's from outer space what do you want from me you know, like, <laughs> and the way he says, like, I don't know. Exactly. It's different from us. It's from outer space. What do you want from me? 
Exactly. And that's the only explanation we need. <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> that's all you need. You really don't need no. more than that. And I like that the film kind of, I like that, you know, the choice of the creators was just, you know what, let's, let's just not explain it. No. You know, and I'm cool with that. I think that it worked really well. I think that's one of the things that made it work the way that it did is mm. the fact that they didn't over explain I feel like the fact that we kind of very quickly I like the pace of the film too. Yes. And I do. the pace of the story itself. I like that from the very beginning it's like boom, the dog. Which when you first watch it you're like why are these people trying, trying to shoot a dog? G G was like, "Why did he shoot the dog? Is he trying to kill the dog? Is he trying to kill yeah. the dog?" Yeah, my girl was not having it. She was just like, "Hey, I don't want to watch it. They're gonna shoot a dog." She's like covering her eyes, like this movie's terrifying. I'm like, we're in the first scene. Nothing happened. Like they didn't shoot a dog. Nothing happened. But again, She's it, like, it's it's done really well. Why are they shooting well. this dog? But it was like a whole like what, three four minutes of them trying to shoot this dog. What makes that great is that it instantly puts you in the shoes of the American team because the American team wakes up yeah. to like, why is this guy shooting a dog? Exactly. <laughs> why is this helicopter chasing and shooting at this dog? And I will also say, whoever that gunman is on the helicopter is probably the only person in film history to have worse aim than the stormtroopers. Right, right. Like, what is going on? He shot like 90 bullets. He threw bombs. Grenade. And then he throws one at himself. Was it him or was it his friend? Threw it at himself. Yeah. <laughs> he slips on his hand. <laughs> like, idiot. <laughs> that was one of the things in the beginning. I was like, all right, this is ridiculous. Because <laughs> even at point blank range, the dog was about three feet away from him. He could have slapped the dog and at that point. Shoots the guy in the leg instead. Yeah, shoots the dude in the leg. I was like, bro, what's happening? Why like, what is your you aim so bad? Like, all I could think is, like, you're better off handing over the gun and explaining yourself or trying to do sign language. Well, see, that's the thing. English. That's also what I thought was very smart. Instantly making that other team Norwegian team. So when he comes mm-hmm. and starts shouting, you don't understand him. You know, you have no yeah, idea. Exactly. How, like, how do you explain that that dog is an alien, shape-shifting creature? How, does shit, how do you explain that in English? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you explain that? That I need to kill this dog. You guys need to let me kill this dog. Because it's an exactly. alien shape-shifting creature. <laughs> Can and I say it's the worst too? Because in places like that, you know, that isolation, hmm. the hours of dark, certain things like that, you are likely to lose your mind. Hmm. So you, someone who's been in isolation for however long, you know, that's finally traveling a little bit, it it sounds a little crazy. Do you know? Yo, let's shoot this dog. He's an alien. Uh. Do you know when you say isolation? This is just something that came to mind just now when you mentioned that. One of the things I liked about this movie in terms of the character story is that it establishes so well that where they're living or where they're working is normal to them. That's natural. Yeah. Right? To us, that environment is scary. But to them, the environment isn't scary. Because what I hate about movies like this sometimes is when they put a monster in an environment that people are used to and then they make people idiots in that environment. Like, this is your yeah, environment. You know, so this movie doesn't try and say Alaska is scary. It doesn't, you know, characters, they're not, they're not scary in a room. It's the creature or the fact that you can be alone with this creature or that you, any of, in fact, the scary thing is that this person who I've known for 10 years isn't the person I think the person is. And the person I've known is dead. And this is a different thing trying to. Yeah, and it's also not their fault, but no. I got to kill them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, no, I, I completely... That's what's messed up, too. You know, these people, are, they're forced to kill their friends. I have a nitpick with this okay. film, though. Because, again, the movie does such a great job of keeping us 
from the point of view of these guys in general. Yes, we kind of focus more on Kurt Russell's character, but we still keep a general sense of this team that they don't know much. Everything we do know is just what we need to know to create anxiety for them when the doctor's like, oh shit, it can replicate and look like anything. You know, that's information we need to know and the, the cast, the crew needs to know because it makes it scary. I also really like the simplicity of that moment. Yeah, no, it was to the point, easy. Just like computer, it's like dude, chances. Can I it's tell you? part of the crew. Can I tell you 75%. something? 75%. I was like, I... Dude, oh. can I tell you something? I was, sitting, yeah. I was sitting there with my wife and I was like, what kind of computers do they have in 1982? <laughs> this works dude, like... I thought that same thing. <laughs> this shit is quicker than my phone. I'm like, I is... wish I got that straight of an answer every I'm time like, I search like This is like Google Home. You know? <laughs> like... I'm like, shit. I was also thinking, Google's not even that accurate. You get like... Like, it's very specific. Like, when you search something, you get 40,000 possibilities <laughs> right now. If we were to search online, like, possibility... One of my crew members is whatever. <laughs> Google would come up with nine thousand responses, and then you'd have to decipher which one applies to your crew. And then WebMD is telling you just kill them all because they're all gonna die. I loved how it was like <laughs> looking at the cells and, it, and the computer wrote dog. I'm like, it wouldn't say dog; it'd say canine. Or yeah, something. exactly. <laughs> it's like loved it. Dog. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> but no, my 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 nitpick. And this is a nitpick of a nitpick, but I just feel like it would change the movie a bit in a better way. I wish, and it felt like, I feel like they tacked it on, but I wish we didn't have the opening scene with the alien spaceship landing on Earth. True. Because I don't want to know it's a sci-fi film until it happens, until the crew finds out that they're in a sci-fi film. Because you, you take that away, you have no idea until the first transformation. True, which is a little a little scarier. Yeah, you know, it's scary because now, like, if you see that opening scene... I think scene, these guys just weren't trying to get honest trailered. I know. <laughs> I think that's what it was. They were like, nah, yo, here's the ship. Shut the hell up. Yeah, right. Because, <laughs> like, when the characters are finding out, what is that? What is that thing? Is it, you know, like, I want us... For, up until they find out it's an alien creature, the audience is one step ahead, and I, didn't, I almost don't want to be. But, again, it's a nitpick of the nitpick scale because... I still think, obviously, the movie, the story, I thought the story was really well done. I, I like that the focus isn't so much on surviving the creature. It's more on surviving mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. Which I think is such a, a, a very good distinction. You know, uh, it's almost scarier when you're with the whole group of people or with someone else. Because, like, if I'm with, I'm hanging out with Raven, I don't know if Raven's the creature because I don't want to go alone. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, like, dude, we couldn't even be friends anymore. No. No, I, I thought that was like really well done. That kind of idea of of fear and and isolation. It's almost like you're isolated in a massive open space, right? Yeah. Like it's a wide open space, but you're still isolated because mm -hmm. you can't go anywhere. The fuck are you gonna go? <laughs> like yeah. you're in the middle. Of There's nowhere to go. And then the thing is too, like once your communications are fucked, which is what happens. You know, there's literally no way out. Mm. You know, except for whenever they get routine things delivered, which God only knows when that is, you know, but something like you don't think about that. You know, they're kind of just stranded there. Which was actually a, a good point. Um, again, the movie does little things that kind of drives the narrative forward and makes everything makes sense to the viewer. You know, we mm -hmm. see that um, the doc, what's his name, um, Blair, when he starts getting crazy, when he starts realizing what's happening. 
And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, after Google told him what's going to happen if it gets out to the human race, like the idea that he starts smashing all the communications, destroying everything, because it's like, I'd rather we all die here with it than it going out there. Yeah. You know, so the movie. Which be- is very noble of them. Yeah. Even, even Kurt Russell says the same thing. He's like, at one point, says, this yeah. thing can't get out, even if we don't either. Or something yeah, like he that. said it. We're not going to make it out of here, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he says, we're not going to make it out of here. Um, but, you know, but that thing can't either. It yeah. won't either. And so, like, that changes but the that's movie. crazy, that moment of, like, realizing, like, yeah. no matter what, you're going to die. Well, because it, it becomes... It's either you're going to die your own way, still as a person, or this thing is going to take you over and you're going to be burned to death. But either way, you're going to die. But I also think it's one step more than that, because it, it takes a movie that starts off as a almost survival horror, about surviving for yourself. Yeah. To you realizing, okay, I I'm going to die, but I need to save the human race. That's the thing, though. A lot of people uh, were mad about that when this movie came out. A lot of people were oh, pissed about it, the ending. It flopped. Yeah, it exactly. A flop. And a lot of people were pissed because of the ending. You know, they felt like they didn't like the ambiguity of it or the fact that it was, you know, kind of dark. But I felt like it was noble. I loved These it. These guys are kind of soldiers, you know, in a way. Like, that makes sense. They, they, well, are they soldiers? I forget what job they were actually doing. No, I mean, they probably have, because what I think it is, is they are the guys that work the machines and, the, and, and, and all the stuff at the science facility. They're not necessarily the scientists themselves. Yeah. They just do all the other stuff. And, They're you know, like the mechanics. Yeah, yeah, mechanics and stuff like that. So uh, maybe sometimes usually they do have a military background. I'm sure Childs with his flamethrower is a military yeah. guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, I feel like the way it starts out or whatever, the characters that we get introduced to, you're not really sure how they're going to be about it, how they're going to go about it. And they could have easily been super selfish and just focused their whole time on trying to get themselves out. And not worrying about anyone else or, you know, the rest of the world for that matter. And in the film, they do show, like, you know, the the amazing computer uh, <laughs> told us that there was, like, a 97% chance of worldwide spread and it would only take 27 hours. Yeah, exactly. Which is, like, damn, you yep. know? So I'm really glad they decided to uh, just let that thing die out so, there. So it's like they saved the world, the world never knows. Yeah, exactly. The world will never know yeah. they save the world. Because that's what it becomes. That's what I'm saying. It becomes a survival movie. It starts from. Because it sort of ends up being, you know, they're heroes. It ends with them being heroes. Yeah. What other way would you want it to end? You know, with humans being humans and be like, "Fuck that! I'm out of here. I'm doing this for myself." It's the idea that you have this kind of like end of the world, save the world storyline that's happening in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, I, and I love that idea. Yeah. I think that's really, really cool. It's subtle, but it's, yes, it subtle. is definitely on the world scale, which yeah. is crazy. Because, but it also makes for, or it also adds to the the fear aspect mm. of it. Mm. You know, the fact that the whole world is at risk yeah. if these guys fail. Yeah. As small as it is, and as secluded as it is, and as far away from the rest of the world as remote as it is, it's still worldwide you know there's still a possibility that this could spread worldwide and i think that that definitely added to the overall yeah. uh, fear aspect of the film yeah no i agree i agree
let's talk about the characters in the in the movie. Um, we don't have to go through every character, but some of the stand. I loved Mac. Yeah. Oh, Mac was great. Uh, Mac's Kurt, the man. Kurt Russell's my McCre- man. Mac. Kurt Russell's McCready. I like the beginning where he's playing chess and he loses the computer and he just pours the whiskey inside it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. I love that. And that's the thing, too. This movie did a good job, I think, of having really good character moments to where when everybody was kind of faced with really tough decisions, we really understood the decisions that they made instead of us feeling like, oh, an idiot, why would you run in there? Why would you grab that flamethrower? Why would you do this? Because mm. I felt like in terms of the way that they handled it, it was all really fucking smart. Like, yeah. I feel like I've maybe never seen a horror movie or some type of scary supernatural aspect or or a science fiction movie where things go wrong and every single solution is a smart way to go about it. Yeah. That's never happened. Yeah. And what I liked you about know, it... Because, like, even in the beginning when they were like, oh, isolate this guy, yeah, you know, yeah. quarantine. The only dumb thing that I think that they did was bring that alien back with no... Um, hazmat suits on yeah but it's I also, think from the second that they yeah. brought him in i feel like motherfucker looked off y'all shouldn't be handling that <laughs> with your bodies exposed you but, know especially being that you grabbed it from an yeah. alien ship though though i'll allow it because they they're not they're not the scientists but all i'm saying is if they just found it but not like, in an alien ship i'd get it but you literally pulled it out of an alien ship. I'm no, I'm, I'm, I'm only ship. saying it because you have to remember this is the early '80s. A bunch of engineering dudes. They're not thinking of this. They're not. They're not. It's not. They're, they're, this is not their. I guess brain. I'm just paranoid. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, fuck that. I'm not. I don't yeah. even like touching humans with my hands. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not touching <laughs> gooey things. And these are these are these are like clearly kind of men of the land. You know, they're not scared to yeah. get themselves dirty and living in the middle of Alaska for six months of darkness, which is crazy in itself. But you hit yeah. a good point. I like the fact that it's one of those rare movies, especially with an with ensemble cast of characters, right? Because there's a whole bunch of characters. Mm-hmm. It doesn't spend a waste, I should say, waste time being like, this is McCready, this is his past. He comes from here and he has a wife and kid at home and blah, blah, blah. And he, like, give us this Doing like, backstory. Doing a bunch of intros, suicide squad. Right. <laughs> like, we don't get backstory. <laughs> like, we don't really know about no. these characters outside of... Nor do we here. care. We get how they react to things. Yes. Well, we and don't that's need all to that know, matters. Yeah, we don't need to know their past, where they came from, and how why are they here, blah, blah, blah. Like, we don't get a whole thing. It's just they're here, the stuff started, move forward. We get, Like you said, we get character moments. And even those character moments, right, make sense. You never get a character who's just a straight-up asshole. You know, usually you get, like, an asshole no. character. Yeah, you usually get cliche characters. Yeah. You usually get somebody that's all for themselves, who doesn't care, that's going to backstab everyone because mm-hmm. they only have their best interests at heart. You know, you always have, that person is usually the one that's like the survivalist that no mm. matter what, they're going to survive. Mm. And it's always their will inflicted. Yeah. Then you have, you know, the one that's really smart, whatever. It's kind of too smart for their own good and does some dumb shit and mm. gets themselves killed. You mm. know? You have the like reluctant hero. Of, um, yeah, exactly. Like, none of this was really any no, cliches, I don't no. think. I don't think any character. I don't think any character falls like, into Even one Mac, character. for example, right? I thought Mac was going to go about solving it in a very brute way. Like, I was like, oh, he's just going to shoot everybody. Or, you know, like, you really just don't know how he's going to go about it. And something as simple as, like, all right, I'm going to tie you to the chair while everybody's around and put your blood in a Petri dish and heat mm. the wire. Like, I was like, holy shit, that's a genius plan. Mm. I was like, wow, that's great. You know, I was looking at, like, you guys should be pretty happy. Like, depending on who else would have, you know, been paranoid about the same situation, it could have just killed you all. Mm. You but, know? but even on his character, though, even then, he isn't 
on the other on the flip side he isn't like as noble as you might think a character like that would be wait like we, no. have, to do, we have to do what's right because he kills the other guy and gives no fucks about it yeah zero shoots him in the head <laughs> boom oh we found Dude out was like so i guess that makes you a murderer then right because huh? he was like oh the guy wasn't uh, he wasn't infected and the thing is, he doesn't even care. He's not as noble a person you might think he is either. And I think that oh, was great. Each character isn't just black and white. They're, they're yeah, very I shapes. like that every character was flawed, but yeah. also had really good tendencies too. Yeah, and I like the moment with, with Childs, played by Keith David, like you mentioned, when they were tied to the chair. At first, he was all like, don't sign me to a chair, what's wrong with you? But then when he sees the test work... He's like, oh, okay, I guess we need to do this. He's like, all right, do my blood. <laughs> yeah. So it's the like, best is that he's like, untie me. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that moment where the guy was tied to the chair the, the, oh. and the creature's turning. Oh, oh I was my scared. God. <laughs> I was at home like, ah, ah, ah. I was like, imagine being tied. Because <laughs> all I could think is like, it's bad enough. Like, I'm legitimately claustrophobic. Like, that's a real thing for me. So it's like already being stuck, like tied to a chair is, is like terrifying for me. But mm. like... You know, then you're literally sitting next to, you're tied to a guy, <laughs> and it's like transforming into an alien. I was like, Ugh! and the transformation is so nasty. Oh, so nasty. That shit is traumatizing. I was like, even if all of y'all live, you're not coming back from that. visual effects and the transformations one of the highlights of this film is some of the effects uh, done by what's his name ron button ron button yeah, yeah um, so. he's done a whole bunch of stuff we'll go into later but um just talk about this movie specifically like there were many moments and what i liked about it is it sticks to the name the thing in the sense that a lot of sci-fi creatures or aliens monsters whatever throughout film history have a recognizable look, right? You see the shape of predator or alien, you know what that is. The thing doesn't have a look because every time it no. transforms it's something else. It's a different look. It never does the same look twice. The only True. thing that the only thing that's consistent is that it's gonna be disgusting. Oh yeah. It's nasty every time. I was actually waiting for a not so nasty creature. Oh my god. I was like, maybe the next one won't be so bad. I was oh. like, maybe it's only that nasty because it's a dog. And then I see a two headed person with a fucking mouth in its chest. And oh. it's like, like huh? uh, speaking it, of that chest chomp scene. Oh my god. So amazing. So, so uh, great. for those of you that don't know, a little fun fact about that chest chomp scene. That's a scene where, uh, what's the character's name? Do you know? Uh, it's a doc. I forget his Where the name. doctor goes. To reach in, or is the doctor on the table? No, the doctor's doing the defibrillator on the chest. Oh, yeah. Doc goes to do a defibrillator on the chest. Chest bursts open and His fucking teeth. literally eat, like, its teeth. <laughs> and just, like, then the teeth chomp on the doc's arms and rip them off, just straight up sever them. And I remember watching it and thinking, how the hell did they do that? Because I'm Seriously. thinking, like, there's no effing way and i'm thinking maybe the guy all practical effects has like, yeah all practical effects because the camera's rolling the entire time they don't cut away so i was completely wondering like how did they do this so fast so fun fact during the chest chomp scene everything's so chaotic and so crazy that the audience actually doesn't realize that they switch out the doc to a guy 
in a mask who's actually a w a double amputee in real life mm. so when they switch out they switch out the stuntman and the person that's actually there that we see struggling it's just a guy in a mask that actually is a true amputee in real life very creative so, once again john carpenter this team being creative yeah and the arms that are lodged into the stomach are actually prosthetics they're fake they're made out of like creamed corn yeah they use a lot of cream corn ky and jelly, KY jelly rubber and Eggs. Yeah, KY jelly, rubber, eggs, shampoo, mayonnaise, burnt up creamed corn, balloon, burnt up balloons, just yeah. random, <laughs> random stuff. Like this random some, stuff to this, just make it nasty as hell, and like gallons of KY jelly. And all those tendrils are even those tendrils that come out the dog or come oh, out the heads. So nasty. Oh, the, I don't know how they did that. Where the when the head falls off and then the tendril comes out and it wraps around and the table leg and it pulls itself uh, up. Yeah, oh, like, oh, that oh. head, that was nasty. <laughs> so disgusting. But I will also say, I realized and I wonder, we have to look this up, if that scene is an homage later on down the line, if the faculty does an homage to oh, that no, the faculty definitely, the thing. definitely. Because the faculty, there was that whole scene with the, with the mom, with Famke, not the mom, with the teacher, Famke Jensen. Yeah. Where she got her head severed off, and then the head grew tentacles. I'm definitely I'm sure because sure also the faculty deals. The faculty also deals with an alien parasite taking over people, and you don't know who's real or not. Yeah, it has so, to be so. an homage <laughs> moment. Some one of my other ones I liked was when after the head's fallen off and the stomach's still open, that thing that grows out of the stomach, and then it yeah oh, that nasty green like sprinkler yeah. thing and then it's it almost like I don't know how they did it but like it open up and then open up another mouth and then another mouth and then something sticks out of that and I was like how do yeah. you shoot that that's amazing yeah. it's tech- insane I uh, looked into it so there's a guy actually that is so like the table that we see him laying out on mm. there's a person that's actually in that table mm. there's two people in the table one is basically a puppeteer kind of person. Well, they're both basically puppeteers. One is controlling the head completely and all the different buttons and gadgets that the head goes to. So like on cue, they boom, press a thing, like they pull the head basically. Uh, So they pull the head, the head shoots off the table. When the head hangs off the table, there's like another button that they press kind of thing that starts shooting out. It's like uh, releases, it's like um, a remote that releases all the other things so it starts bursting. And while that guy's doing that, the other guy is in the table uh, doing the crazy arms, making the tentacles, the green tentacles flare, mm. flail around and burst mm. green slime. <laughs> it's a pretty fun day for a PA. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the also Ron Button, 22-year-old VFX supervisor. He, also, let's talk about the fact that he was only 22 when right? he made this movie. He's 22-year-old. He literally worked seven days for 54 days to make this movie happen. To the point where afterwards he was hospitalized. I thought they said for a year. Oh, yeah. Sorry, for a year, not 52 days. For an entire year. Yes, for an entire yeah, he year. seven days a week for a whole year. And he was hospitalized afterwards. Yeah. No days off. Could... And they said the director put him in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, director. John Carpenter put Rob Button in the hospital because uh, he worked that long. He put him in and literally the reason was because of stress and yes. something else. I forgot what the second thing was, but it was like stress and something else that was completely mental not physical yeah so he did makeup for movies he'd go on to do movies like robocop there's some really cool scenes in there total recall like raven mentioned i love the scene where arnold pulls the thing out of his nose or when oh, or where he's dressed yeah. up as the old lady and then it, yeah. it opens up uh he did uh seven seven obviously uh oh wow 
This, yo, so there's a movie that I love that he did, fucking Explorers. No one's seen Explorers. <laughs> I talk was, about this movie you all do. You do talk the time. About that all the time. No one's seen Explorers. Explorers is literally Space Goonies. But I've never seen Goonies, so I don't know. What? Either way. What? No, I know. I know. This happens well, every time. That's going to be in a future. I'm too busy watching Explorers. That's going to be a future. That. That's going to be a future back to the future, definitely. Hey, um, I'm down. He also did uh, worked on Game, Game of Thrones as well. Yeah. Uh, the, yep. He did a lot of stuff for the Red Wedding. The specific episode. Yep. Yeah, the he, Red Wedding. Yeah, Red worked, Wedding is a crazy episode. He worked on that. Uh, and the original uh, King Kong. Oh yes, the original King Uncredited. Kong. The airplane movies, the comedies. Airplane, yeah. Raven. He's done. He's worked on the Twilight Zone. He's worked on Star Wars. Some of the canta- oh, yeah. the Cantina scene stuff. Yes. Fight Club. Yeah, Fight Club. He's done that he as well. He did the makeup. Uh, makeup effects. Mimic by Guillermo del Toro, which is oh, wow. which has similar elements to the thing. You know, this alien creature mm-hmm. taking over that can copy people, mimic. He did toys. He worked on toys. He worked on a whole bunch of stuff, let's just say. Yeah, a lot, so, of, a lot of movies. The Fog. I thought this this was, I thought the VFX for me uh, is a huge standout. And it just shows that um, practical effects still hold up. Because at the end of the day, while the prequel movie was fine, they did too much CGI. And the original thing looks better than the prequel CGI stuff. Which I think is mm. hilarious because what it is is CGI. Sometimes I'm a I'm a fan of CGI. Don't get me wrong, but I think when it's overused or when it's used incorrectly, it it makes the creatures look too smooth and fluid. Whereas in the, when they use practical effects for the thing, that jerkiness of the movement mm. is creepier than when it when a creature moves smooth. You know, it is. It's a lot creepier when it's jerky and weird and awkward and just just. It isn't controlled. There's no control. You don't know how it's going to move when you're pushing air pressure into this weird construction that you made and the way it moves and its head just explodes. It's a lot better looking than if you did that all in computer. Yeah, and I think they did a very, yeah. very, very good job. Here's some fun facts about the thing as a whole. We already mentioned that it was uh, based on a short novel by John W. Campbell Jr. who goes there. There was actually um, a couple of adaptations before it, uh, the 1982 version. The first film was a 1951 movie called The Thing from Another World. Even the title, The Thing, is very similar to um, uh, Carpenter's film, the way the title sequence is done. The second adaptation, this is a very loose adaptation. Uh, the it was it took some elements from the book. It's called Horror Express, the nineteen seventy two Horror Express, and then John Carpenter's movie would then come out in nineteen eighty two. And Raven, if you remember, in John Carpenter's nineteen seventy eight Halloween, the kids are watching mm-hmm. the thing from another world. On the TV, uh, you yeah, know, <laughs> so was, I like that little continuation. Um, Which this, was our last week's Back to the Future look podcast. Look at that. Look at oh, that. Oh, double segue. Everything just connects. Also, um, like we mentioned earlier, this movie came out as a flop. It opened at number eight in the box office and only made $20 million on a $17 million it's budget. It's not its fault it picked a shitty date to come out. You're competing with Spielberg. Well, two things. He came out, it came out two weeks after E.T., which the family-friendly alien film. Everyone's like, oh, we love this alien. It's cool alien. We like him. He's cute. Only to have another film that says, evil aliens going to kill us all. So it didn't really sit well with audiences. Also, Raven, fun fact, it came out the same day as Blade Runner. 
Exactly. You know, so, people don't want to think that much the same weekend. <laughs> I mean, it also flopped. No. Yeah, Did yeah, yeah. Um, came out? Blade I mean, Runner? Blade Runner came in at number two, but it was a. It didn't make that much money, and it was a flop. It didn't get success like the thing. Shitty to, weekend. But these are two <laughs> movies that would become um, cult classics. Cult classics. You know, so yeah. on the same weekend, which I think is pretty cool. It's like a shitty but amazing weekend. Like right. it's it's one of those like one small step, mm-hmm. <laughs> one giant leap for nerds. Also, um, fun fact: I, I briefly mentioned this to you, Raven. Um, when John Carpenter saw what the the VFX team could do, he rewrote the script so it felt it could accommodate for the VFX and work a lot better. Because I like sort of want to see that original script, right? Well, because a lot of things. I mean, you can watch the thing from another world because. The original book talked about shape-shifting creatures, but prior to that, special effects budget couldn't do that thing. So previous movies like The Thing from Another World, didn't they kind of got rid of the shape-shifting stuff and made it just like a monster that looks like Frankenstein style. Yeah. So when Carpenter came along, he wanted to make it as true to the book as he could. I, maybe he didn't realize how far VFX had gotten then. So I guess when he realized that, huh, okay, you guys can do some good shit. We'll do yeah. it again. In fact, that table scene, with the head explosion and stuff, or head coming off, the whole setup execution took 10 hours because they wanted it to be a one-shot take. It took 10 hours to do. Halfway through shooting, Carpenter yells, cut. He didn't like how the guts exploded. He thought it was too much. He said, we have to do it again. So they had to do another 10 hours. You know, that's how dedicated. But you know what? It paid off. Definitely, definitely paid off. made for a great film. Another fun fact. Parts of the score, which I thought was actually really well done, the score, I thought the score did a good job of, it has like a lot of synthesized sounds and drone sounds that again, people would overuse later on in films. Yeah, <laughs> way know? too much. Because I was going to say, it was done so well to where you almost don't hear it. No, it's very subtle. And I think that that's kind of almost the, the key to really good um, sci-fi. Just any film really is like to have not only that unique, score but to also have a score that you kind of can't hear you only feel it yes yes i feel like that's a really good score it and like pop. thinking back on the thing i can't really think of anything other yeah. than like little sounds yeah. that i heard but the sounds were done so well mm. because it feels like you're immersed in this place exactly it feels like you're in antarctica exactly yeah. exactly and part of the score though because carpenter couldn't come back because he, he usually does his scores he couldn't do this score though it sounds like one of his scores uh, a lot of the score wasn't used and so Quentin Tarantino, when he made his film, The Hateful Eight, a few years ago, which is also about a group of people isolated in one location, not trusting each other, which also stars Kurt Russell, Quentin Tarantino actually used part of the thing's score in his movie, and he had the entire cast watch that movie before shooting because he wanted to get that sense of... Um, oh, wow, really? Yeah, he had the cast watch it because he wanted them to feel that sense of um, paranoia, mistrust that the film kind of gives off. Wow, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's so crazy that both films that came out that weekend ended up being films that like filmmakers will break down forever. Right. So let's talk about some of the metaphors of the film. Uh, I think the film really has some great metaphors. We mentioned slightly earlier about the fact that America and the West was going through a time of the Red Scare. Communism was taking over. You know, Raven Eye is one of our favorite shows that we don't watch, The Americans, talks about the idea that uh, your neighbor, any the person that you know closest could be the enemy. You know, and so this movie plays on that metaphor, but it has many metaphors because it also has the metaphor of self-preservation. You know, like I'm here, this thing's happening. Do I take care of myself? Do I care about other people? Do I yeah. trust you? Do I trust me? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, the eighties, the the AIDS scare epidemic, where we didn't really know how the HIV and AIDS virus works and how it can be passed on to us and and other yeah. people. 
So people start panicking. Oh my God, get away from me. I don't want your thing. Uh, assimilation at the assimilation, time. Assimilation, yep. You know, the, gov- the government was thinking, people were scared of the government and thinking the government's going to control us and take over yeah. and they're, they're monitoring us and spying on us and things like that. And I think all of this comes together as a thing, right? That's what's great about it. There's no one metaphor. There's a group of things that it plays with and ideas. It's a mishmash it's cool of because thing. you can almost like, choose your your thing here <laughs> choose your you know thing. what thing are you afraid of which yeah. is which is like similar to it yes it is very you similar know to it, it thing you know yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like whatever your fears are it kind of manifests like for me it's claustrophobia so something mm. thinking about um kind of being stranded in one location and being stuck there forever is already terrifying for me without an alien aspect well the know? aspect that you can be claustrophobic in a wide open space exactly the fact that you could feel small and that's the thing too you know people will kind of have that response like mm. but you know it's the wilderness it's just open space it's mm. like yeah but it's completely isolated mm. you're like trapped in this one place and mm. if you don't and if you leave this place you're probably gonna die like mm. to, that's the same thing as being trapped mm. anywhere you know if, if you leave this place or like this is the only safe place for however many miles mm. and then even this isn't safe you mm. know you're not safe in a closet I think I I like that. I think the fact that also we mentioned earlier that um, every transformation that this creature does, I love one of the moments where the thing version of Blair sticks his fingers in the other guy's face. Oh, so nasty. (laughs) And also unnecessary. I was like, why are you doing that? So cold. (laughs) So disgusting. Like, you see the fingers under the skin. That's the only parts that I saw that I was like, what is this for? Come on, yeah. They were just showing off. That's They're doing else. a lot now. This, this is a lot. The VFX team was just showing off. They're like, look what we yeah. can do. All I could think is Rob could have slept this day. <laughs> <laughs> Rob could have got some sleep. Let's talk about the impact this film, and we've mentioned some of this already. Impact this film had on films, on horror in general. I think it had both good and bad. I personally think it had a big impact on obviously uh, VFX artists like uh, Button, who would bring his style to other movies. And so there's a lot of movies, especially sci-fi around that time, that he had that similar look for practical effects. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I think it was done well because that's why a lot of these movies still hold up today, because it doesn't look cheap, and they put a lot mm-hmm. of effort into this. Um, it would create a subgenre of movie, or not create, because other movies did play with the whole um, body snatches. I mean, the invasion of the body snatches, right? It yeah. plays with the whole idea. But other films would scanners. Yeah, other other films, because I feel like this is one of the few that shows the creature. Because I feel like body snatches and stuff, you don't see the creature. You just see someone who's no, already you transformed. See the humans, yeah. Just transformed. This is actually showing the creature, but doesn't show the moment of assimilation. But you had movies. Which is pretty awesome. Just they just rip the clothes. Yeah, yeah. I, I like if you like that subtle touch. I like that it, it was super subtle. There's yeah. no way to tell no. unless their clothes, the clothes are ripped. Are but, but it's crazy too because people would like look at their own clothes and yeah. oh shit, my clothes are ripped. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's so yeah. weird. Like, <laughs> but I do like the idea that I mean, it. it I like the idea that it, it also um, inspired other movies like The Fly. Clearly, that kind of visual design and style. Um, Slither, one of our favorite movies. James, James Gunn movie. I feel like Slither has some kind of mm-hmm. um, inspiration from the thing as well. And I think it's a movie that a lot of people have heard about, but not many people in terms of 
just the average person has seen the thing, but they would have known. They'll know the name. Yeah. Um, I really love the poster. I think the poster is great. The poster is awesome. Yeah, with the face. I love how it's the warmest place is inside man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's and like, ugh, it's, it's such like a creepy but so awesome creepy. <laughs> elevated pitch. It's, it's just so such creepy. a good like one word. Like, I know. What is your movie about? Well, <laughs> the warmest place is inside man. So the, what? The thing. <laughs> so like, ugh. <laughs> Raven, if you like this movie, what other movies do you think people would like to see? I think a movie like Alien, the first one especially. Or even aliens. Funny enough, I literally started watching Alien right after I finished watching the thing. Yesterday. Oh yeah, <laughs> Alien's a good transition. Yeah. I would say. Um, but the only thing is, Alien is super slow yeah, in comparison alien. to pacing yes. of the thing. Yes. So if you go from the thing to Alien, you will be bored to death. Visually, it's cool, but not. It's like super slow, like build up. It is not as much a character movie. It's more like a haunted house film on a spaceship. Yeah, and it's like a scary theme. You yeah, know? Yeah. yeah, it's like. It's like it's a build-up. It's a slow movie, but once yeah. it hits, it starts. Like, yeah. once it starts hitting. But it's more about paranoia, isolation, darkness, yeah. you know? So those things take a while to set in. Yeah. Um, that, uh, Slither, like Dave said, um, even, honestly, I feel like going to uh, Independence Day is not bad, even though it's corny. Just if you need to laugh, if you need to, like, see the same slimy gore. You're like not into like some. I would say I would say rewatch or watch movies like The Faculty. I would say Scanners and Faculty for sure. I would definitely say The Faculty. I loved The Faculty. Oh, I also suggest the um, what are they called? Is it the Sam Raimi movies? The Cabin. Oh, um, Evil Dead. Yeah, I feel like Evil Dead is decent. For some of some of the visual stuff, yes, I would say. Visual style, I feel like it's not so bad. Also. My last one I'm going to say is Explorers because no one's seen that movie but me. <laughs> yes. So I really want other people to watch Can someone see Explorers so then you can Maybe have a conversation Dave, with Raven? So I can force Dave to do a podcast about it so if enough of you guys watch it and then if, tell us something If enough about of you guys it, watch it and tell us about it. It just has to be like two of you. Then just, just let us know. <laughs> no, it's not like two people. Get out of here. I say like <laughs> 10 people, 20 people maybe. We'll see. Just but, keep just keep putting in the comments. Yeah. The people want explorers. Info at the nerdybunch.com. Send us a message at the nerdy bunch on, on social media. Yeah. Follow us and add us, the nerdy bunch. Subscribe. But guys, what do you guys think about the thing? Obviously you liked it, but do you like it as much as we do? What do you think of the actors, the visual effects, what stood out to you the most? We like to know your thoughts. Let us know. Info at the nerdybunch.com. Check out our our uh, new website, the nerdybunch.com. Check it out. All our posts and updates are all there. Follow all our podcasts. We have a whole bunch of podcasts. On Mondays, we have news podcasts. On Tuesdays, we have a bunch of trailers. On Wednesdays, we have the Otaku Lounge anime podcast. On Thursdays, we have Back to the Feature. And on Fridays, we have all our streaming and theatrical reviews. Raven, we're doing a lot. Wow. We are doing a lot. We are. Yes. We're a bunch of nerds. People gotta gotta tune in. Raven, question now, the most important question. Mm-hmm. What are we doing next week? Our final horror uh, movie of the series. Because I think no. that would be the last one. We should have done Halloween next week. Shit. I know. But it was into, it was. I think it worked out better because of the release it of the movie. It worked out because the movie came yeah. out. The movie is what fucked it up. Have you it's seen the movie thing. yet? No. Raven, get your ass and see the movie so I you can do a spoiler talk. it sucks. It I, sucks. I need to do a spoiler talk with you about this film. No, no, I can't believe I have so seen Watch it. It's good. It's good. I just take myself. I've heard. I've so heard. here's the thing for next week. We did a slasher horror. 
in terms of a person kind of thing, even though we said that Michael's not quite a person, but whatever. We've done a sci-fi horror with the thing. Mm. What are we going to do? I think we should do a, a supernatural. Straight I up feel like either supernatural or thriller. Or thriller. Well, it's got to be something good. So. Yeah, I feel like we have to do some type of like cerebral thriller thing. Well. Like, I don't know, like, like don't breathe. Not don't breathe. Obviously, because it's not 20 years old. But. I know, but you know what I'm saying? Like a film like that, where it's like not necessarily bloody and gruesome. But it's like, should we do it? The original? The it, original? It sucks. Right, I can't. I'm do not. It. And isn't it like a lot? It's a TV movie, so it's like four hours long. Oh, I'm Shit. not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that at no. all. Oh, boom! I got you. The Shining. The Shining. Okay, let's do The Shining. Because I've never actually seen it as an adult. Okay. But it's weird. It's one of those movies you know every scene to. Okay. But I don't think I've ever actually watched it. All right. Next week we will do The Shining. Have you guys seen The Shining? Or do you guys have to rewatch the channel? Rewatch it between now and next week. And also send us your thoughts beforehand. We'd like to read them on air. So watch The Shining, guys. You have a week to watch it or, well, not a week from now. We record on Wednesdays and we post on Thursdays. You have till Tuesday, November 1st to send us your thoughts at midnight. You have till midnight. Tuesday, November 1st, midnight Eastern to send us your thoughts on The Shining, your thoughts on the film itself, the directing, the actors, whatever you want. Anything, just send us. We'll read out on the air. I think next month, maybe we do family feel good. I mean, it is Thanksgiving. As a kickoff to, uh, you know, holiday season. We are. I think we should start off with Thanksgiving, like kickoff movies, and then we go into Christmas movies. And yeah, we're gonna kill it. This yeah. So sorry, yeah. Paris. No Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we are gonna go into like family holiday era movies and then december will go straight christmas movies i, I, I think we should yeah. avoid christmas movies but still have the family movies no we could do like die hard and yeah. stuff movies that are set during christmas but aren't about it yeah exactly exactly so we'll do all that so any kind of thoughts or we could do movies that people don't realize are christmas movies i mean again we, november doesn't have to be christmas but it can be family no family i'm talking time. about like Chris, oh. uh december oh december okay i mean we'll figure yeah, something out november i do want family as so uh thanks guys for listening like i said Next week, we will be doing The Shining, or some called The Shining. And uh, I look forward to that. Um, I don't think my wife has seen it, so I look forward to seeing her reaction during that movie. And I haven't seen that movie in years. I would say it's probably been a Same. good a good 15 years since, yeah, I, since, since, I, was like <laughs> since I saw that movie. I haven't seen it in probably like 20 years. Ew, I can't believe I could say shit like that now and remember it. <laughs> I don't think my adult version has seen that film. Only my no, kid version. Yeah, only my kid version. Like, I think the last time I saw it, I was still just laughing at like the whole red rum aspect, yeah. and that was it. Like, I don't remember actually. Um, I probably closed my eyes through half of it. Yeah, yeah. I remember <laughs> things happening. That's all I remember is things happening, and I don't remember why. Okay, so next week, guys, so, join us for The Shining. And I mentioned, check us every day, weekday, Monday to Friday, for something from the Nerdy Bunch. Follow our social media at the Nerdy Bunch. And get on our website, thenerdybunch.com. Thank you, Raven. This was a great podcast as usual. Thank you, Dave. Good job. And, and uh, listeners, if you're still here, wow, you're a trooper. Seriously, thank you, guys. Thanks. Thank you, guys. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening. This has been a Nerdy Bunch presentation of Back to the Feature, The Thing 1982 version. And as always, guys, keep it nerdy.